G'day, guys. Welcome to this week's Hash It Out. I'm CW, and joining once again, we have Noah and Armino. How are you guys? Doing well. Yeah, Doing good well. to be here. Yeah, so this week we're going to talk about black boxes. Uh, there's sort of a number running around the ecosystem or the industry. Um, let's sort of delve into what a black box is and um, sort of how that ties into sort of different entities and uh our projects and all that sort of stuff within the industry as a whole. So uh, let's kick it off. Kick it off. Sure, I'll start. You know, there's a term floating around there in the crypto space. Uh, they call it the minimum attack vector, right? And it's how distributed uh, system is. Uh, you know, how many actors would it take to uh, theoretically create an exploit, right? And the idea in a trustless system is you want um distributed assumptions right you you want that minimum attack vector to be um you know high enough that it's acceptable for you let's just say that right and we get into this problem where you have certain aspects in the crypto industry and i'll pick on closed source code right uh it's a it's a great example here you could have a network that has the highest uh minimum attack vector in the space Okay, whatever that is. And uh, suddenly you put your funds in a black box and you're in like a Schrodinger's cat situation yeah. where you can't, you don't know, right? And what is uh, anything times zero? Yeah, yeah exactly. Zero. Yeah. So yeah. then, so then all of a sudden that minimum attack vector, you know, it's not even one in, in, in my opinion there, it's Schrodinger's cat. It's either a problem or it's not a problem. And then if it is a problem, you know, hopefully you're not uh, exposed to that problem when it, you know, reveals itself. You know, when someone opens the box and, and uh, you know, you people realize they have a problem. And it's funny to me that, um, you know, there's this idea of like ah, decentralization and, you know, increasing your minimum attack vector. Uh, on the base layer, but you really have to assume that once you start getting into, you know, uh, let's say a wallet, uh, an application, uh, a roll-up, you're accumulating attack vectors on top of each other, right? And and so your assumptions actually get really complex when you, if you actually try to break down and follow, um, you know, what you are working with. Right. And, and so we do see exploits uh, from time to time, you know, even a smart contract, you know, you can say, OK, is there keys that control it? You know, it, that is an attack vector. Um, and, you know, it very well could be, you know, you're in a black box situation where the reality is you don't know it's Schrodinger's cat. So you've touched on a couple of things there, like MAV. That was a pretty good explanation of that. But the term black box as well, we throw that around quite often, especially on this show. Um, what does that mm -hmm. actually mean for the average user? I would, I would, I would call it Schrodinger's cat situation, yeah. right? Uh, you can, you know, let's look at FTX as a good example. Um, now we know the cat was dead. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. know the cat was dead. Like there's a back door there. They're, you know, taking everybody's funds and, you know, who knows what, I guess they were... Uh, you know, turned off their liquidation for that, you know, aspect of uh, 
you know, Alameda and, you know, so they made themselves invincible and then they fell through a hole in the floor and they just kept falling. Um, but the reality is they could have been insolvent for a long time. There could have been an issue in, you know, inside the box is the cat. We don't know if it's alive or dead. Uh, it could have been dead for months yep. and the exchange was still, the exchange was still operating. Right. And that's kind of the scary thought about uh, black boxes in crypto as a whole is there could be a lot of dead cats out there and there could be a lot of people that are exposed to that liability that have no idea. Right. Yeah. They just have no idea. And so, you know, in, in my opinion, the goal of um, decentralized networks should be to be trustless. And, and what does that mean? It means that the um, assumptions that people have to make are as small as possible. You know, you want to minimize that. And that gives you uh, better assurance in terms of attack vectors. But if you're, you know, coming out of a closed source wallet into a closed source, you know, contract setup, um, you know, it very well could be, you know, you have a dead cat along the way, you don't know. And then whoops, um, <laughs> you know, you got a problem. And the same thing is like, the same thing is true with exchanges. We can't see into them. The same thing is true with mining pools. We cannot see into them. And so, you know, uh, there's always a risk, right? That there could be some form of attack. Now, whether it's, you know, as asinine and blatant as uh, FTX, where they're just backdooring everybody's funds and shit gambling with them, or um, if it's people are, you know, being scraped, right? Take a nickel off the top over and over again and just office space people, who knows? Um, the reality is when you are in that situation, you just have to call it what it is. People don't like that, right? It's not popular. You're not going to make a lot of friends in this space. Um, but nonetheless, it protects users because at least the assumptions are known. Yeah. I mean, a good example that comes to mind for me, just uh, personal experience was, um, I don't know how long ago it was, but many months ago, I accidentally burned a bunch of my Ergo assets because mm -hmm. I was experimenting with some new uh centralized swap where you could swap um ergo to other mineable coins and it connected with nautilus um but it was closed source and there was a bug and it didn't account for um the change box in the transaction mm -hmm. so everything that was supposed to and I think just the way that all of my UTXOs were sort of uh, organized, I think my whole wallet got sent and all of that was supposed to go to the change box. So everything got burned. Um, and I didn't know. I didn't really know what I was doing. That was before I would sort of smartened up um, to using a test wallet. And uh, yeah, you know, it, that's a black box where... Mm -hmm. The user doesn't really know what's going to come out the other side. And um, yeah, it doesn't... Th there have been cases where black boxes are nefarious. And there are cases where, you know, maybe maybe they're skimming for profits. Or maybe 
maybe there's no nefarious activity, but there's mistakes and the users don't know. Um, if you can't verify you're in a situation where you're, you're trusting the, the application or the wallet or whatever it may be, and you just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I think one of the things in that scenario is sort of uh, using the analogy that Armenia sort of uses, the first one over the hill um, sort of often ends up first on the spear. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, in your case, mate, um, yeah, you copped that one. And so, but with that service as well, I think uh, I think the way it was rectified as well, the, like the total engagement from the developer and everything working with you and things like that, like the resolution wasn't was like uh like w was well intended i'd have to say um, yeah definitely yeah. but it's not mm -hmm. always like that you know oh 100 not always like that and sometimes people create boxes and they in the reality is they don't necessarily have a bad intent yeah 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 but they still are putting users in a situation where the cat could be dead yeah. right exactly and you know uh, the reality is uh that's hurt a lot of people along the way in this space now you also have the other um side of the coin where you have you know a closed environment and there is manipulation going on right and sometimes you know it's massive and other times you know it's just skimming right yeah but like you said, the, the reality is if, if we want to if we want to improve as an industry we need to push for trustless assumptions yeah. Yeah. Just just today, there was a a big wallet hack in the Algorand ecosystem, and I don't know much about Algorand or the wallet that was hacked, but um, just doing a bit of clicking just while we've been talking, I can't find a a GitHub or anything close to it. They have a terms of use for the wallet, so that's uh, interesting. Um, use at your own risk. But they yeah. do store improperly or something uh, i don't know Probably. i heard i i heard that the hacker was able to change wallets seed phrases or users uh, seed phrases. stuff yeah. that's painful you know it's, it's it's one of those things where i feel bad for people that are you know currently going to check their account either now or tomorrow and get the you know yeah. stomach punch of seeing their funds are gone um, but you know in a way that is why uh over and over and over i've tried to beat the drum pay attention to that yeah. because you don't know you don't know yep look. and it, it really makes no sense to me that someone would say oh look at you know this application this you know network and look at how decentralized it is and you know rah 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 marketing nonsense and then immediately go into a uh, Schrodinger's cat situation. Like, what's the point? Do you, you, it doesn't matter how um, you know decentralized the network is. If you multiply anything by zero, you're back to zero. <laughs> yeah, well, just using a chain sort of analogy, you're only as strong as your weakest link sort of thing. And um, you could have all the metrics in your favor across the board for the entire ecosystem and utilizing that one sort of weak link that's in the everyone come unstuck with like you said with a dead cat yeah and one thing that i do appreciate with the ergo ecosystem is there is a lot of alpha and beta testing that tends to go into applications where 
you know, developers invite people say, Hey, don't use a lot of funds, use a test wallet, you know, play around, break things, um, you know, help us improve, improve the ecosystem. And that type of community testing uh, really has helped a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Building trust, um, battle testing, everything, a number of things have come to light from um, utilizing that service from uh, sort of technical users, everyday users. So having that broad um, spectrum of people engaging with the platform uh, can sort of turn out different um, results at certain times and things like that. And ultimately, if you're just testing for one sort of vector or uh, one sort of scenario, you're not going to capture everything. So it's just, it's great to see, especially like you said, in, in the Ergo ecosystem going on. Yeah, the worst yeah. thing that happens in crypto, in my opinion, is people try to build incredibly complex uh, things while they're in a horse race, <laughs> you know, with other yeah, projects. For sure. Push it to yeah. market, yeah. win token, win this, when are you going to launch? And, you know, depending on the complexity that's involved, um, you know, I, I think just saying soon and, and battle testing things until it's appropriate is, is necessary. Yeah. I mean, time and time and time again, we've seen people that, uh, or projects that try to rush to sort of make the, the sprint, the bull market sprint, mm -hmm. just get burned in the end. And I mean, now, now look at the market anyway. It's like, was it? Yeah, we got time. It? <laughs> yeah, we got time. <laughs> yeah, we got nothing but time. So, uh, it's yeah, it's definitely better to take the time and you know cross all your T's, dot all your I's, so to speak. The thing in that sort of scenario that kind of highlights, like you can lose a lot of trust instantly in that scenario where you could have a really great um, product, uh, sort of revolutionary and everything like that, but one little exploit and you may as well sort of go and dig your own grave basically because um, you've lost the the community on that front and to try and instill that trust back, like you've got a long road ahead of you. Yeah, I, I think it's it's one of those things where even, even if trust is lost in a project, um, if things are done right, maybe they shouldn't have to trust in the first place, you know, like... Yeah if their code is open, if they've had people testing, even if things go wrong, I, my gut says that there's at least a sense of uh, goodwill and um, I don't know. I think, I think that assumptions tend to get so complex that explaining them to the average person, number one is hard. And number two, users don't care they just don't care they haven't necessarily been taught that uh in many cases you know you could use the example of like layer twos right roll-ups everyone will say oh you know the roll-up inherits the security of the base layer and that is true that it does settle on the base layer right that's true but it's also completely false if you look at the additional assumptions that you inherit from the roll-up itself you know what's the sequencer or you know who's providing proofs or how distributed is it like there's a lot of complexity there that you never hear you always hear like oh it's it inherits the security of the base layer and it's like yes but and like you know you got to finish that sentence and when you get into things like zero knowledge proofs and you know a, a lot of complex mathematics 
your assumptions just kind of go dark, right? You know, this, in cryptography, the best thing that shows uh, strong designs is time, mm-hmm. right? Time. There's been a, there's been plenty of cryptographic frameworks that everyone assumed to be true, and then at some point, uh, you know, the assumptions didn't hold, or you know, maybe the assumptions themselves are solid, but then you have to implement it, and that's a whole nother engineering challenge, you know. But it inherits the security of the base layer. That drives me a little nutty, you know. Because you're, it, yeah, it, people don't care, and it takes a lot of you got to chew on a lot to you know dissect certain things. You know, uh, what's the assumption of the chain and the wallet and the smart contract and the roll up, and you know, how, how do you add those figures together and um, you know assume trust, yeah. right? That that's that's really complicated, and you know, to some degree, uh, you know, I, I would say in many cases very 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 hard if not impossible especially when you're getting into new cryptographic frameworks that may or may not be true like that in and of itself may be a cat <laughs> yeah well that that's a great scenario and, and really good sort of thought experiment there as well because you might have on paper fantastic models um everything like that engineer it everything's running smoothly but Ultimately, over time, the assumptions don't hold. And unfortunately, time is the deciding factor in that scenario. Uh, It's a tricky one because ultimately, people will be burned at the end of it. So whether you're the first one over or you're the 10th person, 100,000th person sort of thing, interacting with that sort of scenario and it just takes one little glitch and uh, yeah, sort of many people's funds and and uh, projects etc cetera, etc cetera, reputations are all at risk i I'll, I'll publicly say that sitting on the sideline to some degree um i fully expect the next huge exploit in the crypto space to be either the assumptions of, of somebody's implementation of zero knowledge fails or their implementation how they actually engineered it uh, is going to have some issue and it'll cause you know, it'll be like the bridge issues that we saw in the past. I'll I'll throw that out there. I fully expect that, sadly. Mm-hmm. And uh, part of the reason why I think that will happen is because people are trying to design incredibly complex things in a race to market. Yeah. And that is a terrible yeah. condition for um, quality. That's like what we were just saying. And, and especially with zero knowledge, um, like roll-ups or whatever you're working on. It's like the, the the market is so competitive for that. Everybody wants it. And at the same time, it's like... Nobody understands take, it. You should take <laughs> years to figure this shit out because nobody's done it and, you know, nobody's cracked the code on it, so to speak. Um, yeah, it it's going to be a little one scary of my, to watch. One of my favorite things about Ergo... Uh, you know, that has always been one of my favorite things is it's built on conservative assumptions. Yeah. Time it's built on conservative. Yeah. Time tested conservative cryptography. So maybe in three years, you know, we'll see a lot of the, um, we'll see a victor emerge in kind of the zero knowledge race. Right. And at that point, okay, you have time under your, your belt. You've probably, we'll probably see some issues or failures in the space and once time has showed maturity and and basically showed that you know certain frameworks are solid it's worth 
adopting. But, you know, when, when you're talking about trying to build a trustless system, you have to be conservative. You do not want your trust to be zero. Yeah. And ultimately, that's what it all comes down to, isn't it, really? That's the whole thing about the whole point of these systems is to build them trustlessly and interact with them trustlessly. But time builds that trust, if that makes sense. Like, it's a funny sort of description, um, utilizing trustless systems but you do then have to trust whatever, like the assumption that's holding, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, cryptography is about assumptions. Yeah. Um, you know, and so ideally, how do you build like an end-to-end trustless stack? That's an ongoing challenge in this space. Um, you know, I think that unfortunately along the way, people just look at one part and then forget about everything else, which makes no sense to me, but it's... You get into a lot of complexity, right? Just because something is open source doesn't mean there's not, you know, a zero day exploit, you know, potentially there that nobody has found or used yet, right? And that could be a cat. It has been in the past in this space, um, you know. So having like a full assumption uh, of trustlessness is actually very, very, very hard to achieve. Yeah, yeah I mean, even like. Last year, I think there was some old Java dependency that bricked like all of AWS and, uh, you know, all these uh, online web services. And it's like at each layer of your uh, tech stack, like, you know, things can go wrong. Even yeah, we've as, even, uh, we even had some, some people where, you know, they came out with a new M1 chip and there was a vulnerability there that you know, cause them to lose some money. And it was, you know, not necessarily the uh, crypto stack. It was the hardware stack that they were using. Yep. Um, you know, there's there's a ton of attack vectors out there that uh, even when you take it like beyond just the network code and take it into your device, right? A lot of people have a browser wallet as they're browsing the internet and clicking on links and Discord and an email and whatever in one click and boop, you know, things can evaporate. That's a good example, yeah. actually. Um, and then the MetaMask situation where you can basically click on something like a nefarious link and or an NFT sort of drains your wallet and all that sort of stuff. So... Uh, I know a number of people have been burned in that scenario utilizing that wallet. There's a lot of assumptions that people don't understand that they interact with every day. Yeah. Um, in the Ergo ecosystem, I think the emphasis on knowing your assumptions, like we saw the the uh, paper that Alex has put out, um, the, the know your assumptions in, in regard to cryptography and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. I think the community does a really sort of good uh, effort to try and educate people in our ecosystem to ask the right questions. And you see it time and time again, whether depending on what platform it is, whether it's Twitter, Telegram, Discord, uh, Reddit, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the discourse that we have in our ecosystem, it's unlike any that I've ever seen, to be honest, um, throughout the entire industry. And that's one thing that I'm really proud of, that people do engage on that level. I, it's something that needs to be discussed in this space. It's the bottom line. Like if, if crypto is ever to succeed in, in terms of 
uh, its original intent, we really need to um, be focused on assumptions. Yeah. Right. That's something that when you get into kind of the shitcoin gambling side of crypto, nobody cares. Nobody cares if they're willing to throw, you know, the good chunk of their, uh, you know, digital assets into something that's just because they saw something on, you know, Telegram or Twitter or whatever. They're not acting on assumptions. They're just having fun gambling, I guess. Yeah, you're pulling the lever at the casino. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, good luck. <laughs> good luck. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I guess sometimes, you know, people get pumped on and people get dumped on. What can you do, right? <laughs> uh, but the reality is that's not, in my opinion, the core intent why these systems exist. No. You know, and it, it just distracts from, um, it, it distracts people from really understanding uh, what their assumptions are and how they can um, kind of minimize the attack vectors that they're exposed to, because that's how you keep users safe, right? And yeah. uh, I, why why do we have third parties? Because users aren't safe. And if we don't focus on assumptions and you have users that are getting hurt, you know, left, right, and center, naturally people are going to say, screw this, the third party's better. And the reality is if that's not the focus, third parties probably are better and we've failed. Yeah, that, that emphasis away from sort of those core principles and things that we see often time and time again. And uh, more to the point that you just made, it sort of undermines the value of these um, these protocols as well because... I know I'm sure you guys have been in a real life conversation with someone and it sort of discusses or starts off and you talk about crypto or whatever. And often the first sort of sentence is it's not what you think or something along those lines, because you often hear stories about people shit coining and this and that, and people getting wrecked and all kinds of sort of scenarios. And um, yeah, like I said, it undermines the actual value of what these protocols can actually sort of achieve. Yeah. And, like you just said, Joe, <clears throat> um, maybe it, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. If we have failed, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of where the SEC is at now, swooping in and cleaning up the mess. And, uh, if no, then you get, in, you get into something that irritates the shit out of me. Right. And that is you get these people in the crypto space that say, oh, we're all in the same boat. Right. No, forget that. If, if somebody's doing some sh shady shit, fuck them. That's what I say. Like if, if people are going to run exchanges and practice bad business, fuck them. If there are people are going to run mining pools and they're going to practice bad business, fuck them. Like we're not all in the same boat. We're each in our own little boat in the same storm. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a better analogy. You know, so the, the question is, is your boat solid? And I think that um, aside from the hype and, you know, the noise in the crypto space, that always needs to be an ecosystem's focus. Is their boat solid? Yeah. Yep. Most definitely. And that's not always a popular discussion to have. But it's needed. Yeah. I don't, like I said earlier, like the maturity of the conversation that we have here, I yeah, once again, quite proud of of our ecosystem, the way that we sort of do engage on these conversations. And um, 
just highlighting a couple of projects and the way they kind of go about it and trying to distribute this trustless sort of nature like Lithos and um, GetBlock and everything of what they're trying to do and build transparency on the mining pool front. Um, miners should be like applauding this, screaming it from the rooftops about building this transparency and open share distributions and, and everything like contributions and things like that because ultimately it's open, it's on chain, it's transparent. There's no black box. Um, ultimately, that's how I want to operate. I want to know the assumptions that um, I want to assume that everything that I'm contributing in regards to shares is being counted and it's not being scraped or or pennied off the top or anything like that. Um, that's just one sort of thing off the top of my head. There's numerous others like DEXs and what they're sort of trying to achieve like Spectrum and sort of getting away from the the centralized exchange scenario machine are the, what they're trying to do with the order-based books and things. It's um, the ecosystem as a whole, like very, very proud, like once again, to sort of reiterating that fact about sort of how everyone wants to go about their, their principles here on Ergo. Yeah, listen, I think we have, I think we have a great community of developers that go out of their way to try to build good stuff with solid assumptions. Yeah. Right. And, and I appreciate that. Um, you know, I, I think that is how we protect users, right? It, because the reality is you get into levels of complexity that, you know, if you're talking about, you know, some type of adoption where you're pulling your grandma into these systems, right? Yeah. And grandma's not going to pick Game apart over, these, dude. <laughs> yeah, grandma's not going to pick apart these assumptions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but at the core level, we really need to. And, and what does that do? It extends that uh, environment of trustlessness to whoever uses it. And, you know, it, like, in my opinion, but I don't care if the SEC goes after bad actors in our space. I really don't care. Like, I have no, I have no mercy for them. If they're going to try to exploit people, okay, you know, karma, maybe. Um, you know, now when you have uh, actors that are actually building things with solid assumptions, and then you get into, like, the government. damage. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you get into like the tornado cash situation, right? You, you know, it's like, okay, well, we live in a reality where the wealthy have always been able to offshore their money. They've always been able to hide their income. You know, they have privacy. The average person doesn't have the, that type of tooling. And so what did something like tornado cash do in my mind? It leveled the playing field, yeah. you know, and it's like, oh, but somebody, somebody bad used it. Well, you know, that's that's kind of their personal choice and something they probably need to answer for. But empowering people in the same way that, you know, wealthy people in multiple jurisdictions already have access to, I think that's a net positive. Yeah. But that's a different intent than, you know, building some scammy shit and trying to <laughs> just grift. Yeah. The cool thing yeah. in that scenario is, well, sorry, let me rephrase that. The unfortunate thing is, like, what happened with the developers and things like that locked up and everything. But ultimately the protocols open source are still running today. Um, yes, there is some sanctions around uh, what is included and what's excluded from blocks and things like that. If things have, have interacted with that protocol, but ultimately it's still active and it's still live. People can still contribute to it because it is open source. Like, yeah, they tried to take the gits and there'll be, um, like clones and all kinds of things out there. So that's that's the other beauty of sort of these decentralized systems is people can spin them up and run them and everything like that. And 
sort of looking at internally here at our um, ecosystem with the mixer, you're running it locally as well. So how are they going to then go to every person in the world who's running, say, the Ergo mixer, for instance, and try and disrupt their computer services or whatever, you know what I mean? Like that's touch say on it um, time and time again and like decentralization it's localization in that respect no you know in the tornado cash situation that's just public punishment right yeah. take them to the town square beat them down yeah. hang the body and then you know scare the people yep whatever wow. happened with the uh <clears throat> i know github took down their the repos how did that shake out i like is it that's still to be honest, our mixer is just not no, it's allowed. Still on, on it's still on chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's still, still on, on chain. It's still on chain. The code's still out there. Yeah. Good luck killing an idea, especially a good one. And I do think, like, yeah, you know, I'm, I know there's a lot of people that are like, oh, privacy, privacy. The reality is, wealthy people already have, you know, accountants and offshore vectors and ways to, um, you know, minimize what they show that they have. It already exists, you know, for the, for the ordinary person, uh, that's usually beyond their access. And so tools that create fair access, I, I think are a net positive. Can they be abused? Sure. But, you know, you have to get down to individual responsibility, right? There's a lot of way, a lot of things can be abused. Yeah. How, um, how, like something that I've, seen in our ecosystem with the mixer is just uh, it's an it's an interesting challenge with mixing because for there to be enough security and sort of um, enough depth where mm -hmm. there's a, yeah there's a, a level of anonymity that's you know a user that's actually trying to be wait what What's up? Uh, that's the word I almost say, man. I was <laughs> well, I'm confused. What? <laughs> Joe tried to pronounce anonymity once and oh. just couldn't get it out. <laughs> yeah, and I was about to do it again and Noah, like, saved me. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, anyway, um, you know, with the mixer, there has to be a certain level of depth of users actively using it for uh, the anonymity to be preserved and the 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 dap to be worth using, you know. Mm -hmm. So with Tornado Cash, um, like how did they bootstrap that community where there's enough users that it's uh, there's always sort of like I'd have to go through the history of it, you know. That's not something yeah. that I know off the top of my head. Yeah. If I'm totally honest, yeah, it's yeah, a good yeah. question. And you know, we've 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 uh, seen some research into um outsourceable mixing you know mm -hmm. potentially putting some incentive there uh for people to uh mix if they want but you know it, it's also something that i'm sure that you know whoever was working on that was looking at the body in the public square thinking oof you know is this worth it um sure. you know that type of public punishment can be powerful and on that front as well um i think it sort of it's fair to say that the outsourceable mixing uh, perspective and the ability to then integrate into sort of third-party applications or, or dApps and things, uh, whether it's wallets, et cetera, I think that'll be huge for user integration because ultimately 
like we've said numerous times before, um, do people want to run this their own infrastructure? Like that's that's the hard part of decentralization ultimately is uh, trying to get people to run things locally because they're so used it's to trying it, to the get web. people care. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the whole point of this discussion. In a way, it's trying to get people to care, like yeah. and take decentralization beyond just like some marketing term that you'd use on Reddit to try to get people to buy your bags and run some infrastructure. <laughs> that's yeah, so that's true. really the fundamental thing. Uh, even with the mixer, like <laughs> you can try to add as many incentives to use it as you want, but at the end of the day, it's like uh you know do you want privacy civilization no? <laughs> takes work man and I, I think that there's a lot of people that are here for the casino right there are a ton of coins in the crypto space where you know i'd log in and i'd look at kind of the socials and all it's like ah it's gonna go to this it's gonna go to this this x oh look at this percent and you know there's like no uh not a care in the world in terms of like assumptions and you know uh, how they accumulate and risks just not there even just like real world uh use case yeah having uh, some like sort the, of viable product underneath all that sort of high yeah, speculation or, or and everything alternative financial systems or you know novel financial products that provide real use to people regular people like most of the shit out there <laughs> like it, it's such an unusual conversation to be had in this space which is pretty sad yeah um, yeah it's a crazy it's an insane space that's the only way that i cope with it is i'm just like well you know it, it is what it is um <laughs> one thing that kind of Crypto baby. <laughs> the one thing that really gets me riled up is um, you try and have an adult conversation with someone in this space about um, technology and what things, like say, for example, um, Sigma protocols, Oracle pools, different frameworks and things like that and how sort of they differ to something else, like say a centralized um, Oracle service like Chainlink or things like that. If you try and educate people or try and bring to light what the technology is behind, say, an Oracle pool, people just instantly dismiss it and just say you're shilling and everything like that. Whereas you're trying to come from the perspective of raising these assumptions and um, sort of try and educate people on the differences between the two. And ultimately, it's, it comes down to people just brushing it off as bag shilling and whatnot. I mean, well, frankly... <laughs> Even in our community, I think there's a lot of that where, where people yeah. will, uh, you know, they'll shout Sigma protocols and Oracle pools and look look at all the yeah. cool shit we have. And they don't even know what they're talking about. And it's like, uh, like it, it makes me cringe my, a little my, bit. My least, favorite, my least favorite thing in crypto is when people are like, oh, you know, they bring in Satoshi, right? And <laughs> at, that, at that point in my mind, they might as well be like, oh, Jesus, you know, blesses my back, right? <laughs> the same, it's the same thing. Um, what would Satoshi but it, do? You know, so, you know what? Sometimes it trends. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what would Satoshi do? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, 
a little it's a little silly um you know but but the reality is if you uh kind of give misattribution of work or misattribution of an opinion that is preliminary to straight scamming in my opinion ultimately like if if, if somebody's you know when i see that in my mind it, the red light goes off like run <laughs> is there any scenarios yeah, like- that you can give in that sort of situation coming to light where your your sort of bullshit detectors going off no, uh, you know, it's there's 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 a ton. Uh, you know, I would say USD definitely. I looked into it. We had the opportunity to, uh, you know, get some listing pairs on exchanges with uh, Terra, um, you know, exposure. And uh, after like ten minutes, yeah, my red light was flashing. Uh, you know, I went, I talked to Alex that later that day, and I was like, you know, I've been digging into this, and uh, this is. This seems like some sketchy stuff. I don't. I don't see how this is sustainable. And he's like, "Yeah, sometimes there's a lot of sketchy stuff in DeFi." <laughs> you know, that's, okay. But that's how that's how he tends to approach things. Is you know, fully from uh, like the first principle of what's the assumption of this. Yeah. And uh, you know, that's that's a different way of thinking, I think. But it does protect people. That's that's the point. It's interesting. You spend enough time in this space, and your your bullshit detector gets pretty good if you're think, <laughs> at least if you're thinking about this kind of stuff. If you're not yeah. thinking about it, then but I think good. that's true with most industries. I don't think it's it's necessarily no, just right. crypto specific, <laughs> right? Whenever there's an incentive to make a sale, you hit the salesman. Yeah, and, the car salesman coming out and yeah, from the rooftops that they're selling the best product, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and Solid. Is what it is, man. That's that's human nature. That's not a problem well, I can fix. No, <laughs> certainly not. Save us, Joe. Uh, <laughs> uh, best I can do is bring it up in conversation, and even that is not popular, right? Yeah. It's not popular because uh, the reality is you you have people that have a financial incentive. Yeah, and and so you know that financial incentive is going to be what they're going to tend to. Um, protect that was what they're going to be attached to and so you know sometimes if you get you get people and they're like hey safe moon is going to change the world you just say good luck have fun <laughs> uh, uh, you just need people to give a shit really don't you like I said people to care i think yeah no i th- i think that if we engineer you know trustless systems the right way Oof, that's huge implications in terms of, you know, uh, potential improvements to human existence and human transaction. But uh, in my mind, the majority of the space is not in that mindset. It's just number go up and, you know, hit the cycle right and prepare for the next cycle and look at this trade and and accumulate the bottom. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, I don't know. It's <laughs> well. Uh, how about this? What are uh, what are some things that are getting us excited? <laughs> We've been pretty cynical today. No, Let's, I think uh, that you know what I think that I'm excited about things with solid assumptions, yeah. right? I'm excited for Rosenbridge because you know from day one they've been talking about assumptions. Yeah. You know, 
you can look at this other bridge exploits in the space and um you know it was hidden it was just marketing it was like oh we're totally trustless and at the end it's a multi-sig of two (laughs) yeah it's just ridiculous Um, isn't it yeah no i see so i see value in that long term that's why i'm here that's why i i enjoy um you know that is kind of like an experiment how do we uh, think to build better systems, yeah. right? And but even, you know, when, when yeah, I suppose when it's the, not cynicism if it's just you know calling a spade a spade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if you if you were to say, okay, why are we uh, engineering and designing these ecosystems? You need a first principles based approach. Why are we here? Yeah. And you know, I would hope uh, you know, in Ergo, it's to build trustless systems for the average person. Just that simple, um, you know, and, and so anything that, you know, is, uh, let's just say could be improved, I would hope the community would want to improve it. Most definitely. Very well summed up. I think that sort of sums up our entire um, conversation that we've had today. Sort of we're coming up to time and I think that's a pretty fitting way to end this conversation. Is there any last words that you sort of want to contribute there? Well, I think that if you get trustless systems right, um, there's tremendous value, right? Uh, and you know what? Bitcoin has been very powerful. Uh, you know, it's it's not always the most advanced. Some people say, ah, oh, you know, it's archaic and old. But in terms of unstoppable money, it's done pretty damn well. Yep. So, you know, I think there's a lot to learn uh, from uh, just a first principles perspective. Um, I don't have much uh, much to add this week, honestly. I'm pretty excited about Lithos. Yeah, yeah me too. Uh, where my head has been Maximum at. Maximum resistance. That's cool stuff. Yeah, that's real cool stuff. Yeah, I'm hoping to. Uh, I was I was talking to Rob this morning, and just trying to figure out what to do with Paizo, and uh, mm-hmm. I was like, oh. They could take it's it. A, yeah, that's a, great, that's a great way to introduce miners to governance because we do have a pretty yeah. um, advanced yeah. uh, governance uh, kind of underneath uh, the protocol yeah. that really hasn't even been played with yet, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so hopefully, uh, hopefully that'll make it more accessible and. I have to imagine once Lithos is a thing, there will be more eyeballs there than uh, where where Paizo could have been. So I'm I'm stoked to collaborate. Uh, that's that's my favorite part of this community is the collaboration and uh, yeah, it's it's great. <laughs> Very well said. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know, what is Paizo? Uh, so it's a mining governance simulation tool um let's a user sort of input a bunch of different values uh parameters and then see how that would affect the on-chain governance of different parameters such as um what is it like transaction cost and um like how much data can be fit into a block things like that um so it gives miners the 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 power to have their voice heard on chain essentially yep great little utility there and nice to pair it there with uh, lissop and what they're sort of building on their side 
Yeah. All right, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure chatting once again. Um, we got a little bit passionate here. I could probably sort of keep going and uh, <laughs> clearly speak my mind a little bit further as well on certain topics. So um, it's been a pleasure chatting once again. Always. Have a good one. See you next week.